Welcome to issue 46 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Beck, and joining me is... Joe Olson, Evan Simonette, Mike, Steve, and Daniel. Hey, good evening. There's a lot of us tonight. <laughs> there is. How you That's doing? That's a lot of names. Hello. <laughs> so, listeners, you heard a new voice at the top of the show and then a lot of names. So what we have for you tonight is we have Chris, Joe, and Evan joining us from the Fancy Flight graphics team. That's what we're calling you guys, graphics team. Um, cool. And we're super excited. To have you guys on, we're going to sit down in one of our interrogation rooms. We're going to ask some questions and uh, have some fun tonight. So welcome aboard, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So I'm going to start us off with a real simple question. Uh, who are you and what's your role at FFG? Why don't, why don't we start with Joe? Uh, well, I am Joe Olson. Uh, my primary role is the freelance coordinator of the graphic design team, which means that uh, once... Uh, the graphic does the main graphic design team has uh, designed and established a uh, style for a game. I am then tasked with finding some freelancers to uh, help continue that style down the road, so that they can go on to the next big, uh, big process that they're they're working on. And uh, Chris, why don't you tell us about yourself? My name is Chris Beck. I worked with Fantasy Flight Games for just about ten years. I recently went free agent, freelance to explore some new options and directions. I was kind of a Swiss army knife tool in the graphic design department. Um, initially, <laughs> I was hired based on sort of my you know, more artistic illustrative side of my portfolio. And I tried to apply those skill sets whenever possible, whenever I was working on a, a new project here or there. Uh, I was an outspoken comic nerd for sure and that's why i was pretty much put on this project evan was the lead graphic designer on this particular project and uh they needed to put a little bit more talent on it so i i filled in the the rest of the role and uh evan i i didn't realize you're the lead why don't you tell us uh, who you are and what your role is oh boy uh yeah my name is evan simonette uh i was the lead graphic designer for the marvel champions core set I was, I've been with uh, FFG since 2013, worked on a variety of board and card games, and uh, Champions was the first uh, card game um, that I was lead graphic designer on, so it was a lot of fun. And Chris and I have been friends for just about as long as I've worked at FFG, so it was great to uh, be a team member with him on, the, on this project and tap his talent and uh, you know, his, his love of comics and stuff, so yeah. Too kind, Evan. Too kind. <laughs> all right. I mean, we, we all know the artists because their names are at the very bottom of all the cards. Where does their job end and your job start? Well, uh, that's often a, a question that many folks, when they, when they ask about what we do, well, so you do the art, right? And as graphic designers, we kind of have to do this sort of uncomfortable um, well, no, uh, we, we don't do the art. We, we, we do all the stuff around the art. We make the art look good. 
Um, <laughs> and we we kind of see we kind of see our audience's eyes kind of ro roll back into their their heads because they, you know, as soon as we start talking about like graphic design minutia, it oh man, it's it's uh it's difficult sometimes. But essentially, th that is what we do. Um, we make the card frames. We design the text layout. We design the way the rule book looks and how all the styles and fonts that are used inside of it flow together. We create everything that isn't the character illustrations in the in you know in the in the box in the center of the card. But sometimes we have to do some of that too. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, we we have an art department, and they commission artwork, and then they commission artwork sometimes for the frames we've already made, and sometimes they commission artwork before our frames are made, and we make frames to make their artwork look good. It ebbs and flows depending on the timing of the project. I've always said that that graphic design is um, so you have the 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 people that are creating the game, the idea and the thought process behind it, and all the text that goes onto a card, and then you have the artists that are commissioned to do the uh, to do the artwork, and the graphic design is the linchpin that kind of keeps all that together and puts it into a puts into a place that makes it look really good, and conveys the ideas that the dev team wants to convey to the audience. It seems to me like it's one of those things where you don't really notice it until it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's really bad. You don't notice it unless it's bad, right? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the ergonomics in like a dashboard of a car or something, you know? It just it just works really well uh, when you don't notice it working. <laughs> That's sort of an aesthetic that Evan and I have shared, a, a quality to the aesthetics that we've really focused on. And that's making the components, whatever game we're working on, feel like, you know, the, the the player, the person interacting with them is in the environment, right? So right. in this case, it was a little it was a little interesting, a little bit of a challenge. How do you make someone feel like they're a comic book character in the comic book, right? And we were given some we were given given like a tall order of 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 uh requirements to fit going into that. But I think we pulled it off, didn't we, Evan? I think so, yeah. I think so. I think it did. Absolutely. I mean, one of you know, well, the reason we love doing these these interviews is just getting a peek behind the curtain of our of our favorite games and to seeing how are these things built, and how they're made. So, can you take us through the the process when you design the look of a card or a component? Like, just give us a sense of what goes into it from the beginning to the end of of, of a particular piece of the larger project. Well, uh, you might be surprised to learn that. That is a very organic process within our studio. It seems to change with every game. Um, and we're always trying to formalize that process. But because it's a creative thing, it's inherently just like, you know, it's up to everyone's opinion how, how the creative process gets going. And um, mm -hmm. I guess in this case, uh, we were given some like, there's when Champions was in its alpha state, we were given these um, early, you know, uh, card frames with, uh, minimal content, and we just kind of built rough designs of those card lay layouts um, around them, and they were play-tested, and we refined the look of things, and we uh, established boundaries for the hero cards and the villain cards and the similarities they share and the differences. Um, so uh, one example is when it came to actually creating card frames, I, I basically just kind of sketched out 
the, the general look and where the content would reside. And, um, and then we just kind of built around it. Now, when you say card frame, that's, that, that's a term I don't, I mean, I can imagine I know what it means, but what does it really mean? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's kind of like the veil between art and text and game information, you know, all the, all the uh, okay. textures and uh, text boxes and icons and um, value holders and stuff like that. I see, okay. So do you guys get to decide where the cost value goes? And, and in this game, you have some horizontal titles and some vertical titles. Is that something that you guys get to decide, or does somebody else involved in you know directing you to that? It's something we get to decide and tell it's not our decision anymore. <laughs> in some cases, <laughs> as Evan said, you know, there's there's such an organic give and take process, right? Like very initially, one of the designers came up with a a prototype with all these card frames, you know, sort of already built right? This is the text box where the main body text goes. And this is the title. And this is where the art should go. And there's like some silly clip art icon that they found from the web, right? And and then we're, we're given this as a, as a template to base our design off of. And then, you know, four, five, six weeks in, oh, we need to differ- differentiate the way this encounter card works from, say, a, a minion card. But they're very similar in the way they act this way or that way. Oh, let's turn on its side. Yeah, that works, right? <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, some sometimes those ideas just just pop, you know, into someone's head at a at a you know a status meeting, and sometimes they're very laborious. Like, oh, we need to see five, six, twelve iterations of this particular card type to really decide, you know, which direction we want to go and depending on the workflow, right? It's either Evan or myself that has to cook those up. Uh, Evan was primarily responsible for the villain side of things and the encounter cards. So a lot of that, you know, responsibility landed on him. I just got to sit back and, uh, you know, (laughs) watch what's stuck and then make sure my designs follow suit with the hero side of things. So it sounds like a lot of your work is very front-loaded, getting the templates ready before the game is released. But then afterwards, it's more, I don't know if that's the right word, but maintenance. Less, yeah, less yeah, it, it, yeah, yep, and that's essentially um, when our work on it transitioned, and we handed it off to Joe uh, because the look was already established, and there wasn't much more graphically that could, needed to be added that was unique uh, beyond a certain certain things that freelance graphic designers could handle. No, Marvel Champions, although was was a its own unique beast in that, like every time you get a new villain, every time you get a new hero. Like the color of the frames change, some textures change, things like this. We asked our freelancers, uh, Joe can attest to this, you know, we asked a lot more of them from Marvel Champions than we have pretty much any other project we've we've given to freelance groups. Yeah, that's true. So let's say you, you've created your card templates. It goes on, it's, it's a big hit. And then designers come up to you and say, okay, we need to make a giant Ant-Man card. They just throw this curveball. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys have any any role after the fact, or were your templates good enough that Ant Man was just kind of they just use your template? Did it require much from your end? Uh, I actually did make the uh, so we work in um, when we lay out the the text when the graphics and text come together. It's in a program called Adobe InDesign, and we had to make a whole new template for those extra big cards. And I did, um, even though I was hands off the line at that point, there was just a window of 
opportunity for me to jump back in and, and create that Ant-Man card. But it honestly like didn't it didn't take a whole lot of effort. All the components were already there. I just had to shuffle them around and stuff. I did I really wanted to push an idea to make all the text several point sizes larger just so the uh card just stood out even more, but I don't think anyone liked that idea except for me. So <laughs> <laughs> So what about um, new card types? Like the Milano was just recently spoiled by FFG. Was, did that require its own new, uh, new design? That would be all Joe, I think. I think, I, I think what we did with that one was we just, uh, like Chris had, had mentioned earlier, we we're trying to customize the card. The, the card frames that Chris and Evan built are customizable in a way that you could do colors and textures and stuff like that. So with the Milano, we just picked up um, I can't remember which uh, card frame it fits into, but we just we tweaked the color so it's got its own uh, texture color set, but it's still uh, the it's still the template that they originally set up. So that one was a little bit easier to transition over, but it's still it's still its own kind of unique uh, uh, feel in the game. I, like I said, I don't know how much was spoiled on that, so I don't know how much I could share. <laughs> uh, they 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 showed the card. We've seen the card, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's in the article. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I had a question then with this as we move forward and we get new heroes and new villains who do we go to to complain that the heroes get a little picture of themselves in the corner but the villains don't uh take that to the former head of ffg studio <laughs> oh so mr navarro Blame the guy that laughed yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna wave my own flag to my own horn i fought really hard to get those little heads on those cards uh i'm like i have to find some way of drawing some characters for this game please <laughs> please please let me draw some heads we got to find some way of differentiating the hero cards from everything else do it with a head do it with the head oh my gosh that was such such a labor and then uh you know i when i suggested oh we should do it for villains too and i'm like no that's too much work but oh, okay. i'm doing it <laughs> we're already doing it <laughs> and that's a, that's a cool thing that Chris got to do that isn't too common in our department is flexing skills outside of graphic design. He was able to employ a lot of his awesome comic book work, you know. And so whenever that opportunity comes up, a lot of us just jump on it, you know, just to be able to add a little bit more of your own kind of uh, style into a into a design. So Chris, you're the one you're the one who makes the little heads. Those, those are fun. I I made all the little heads up until. What is it? The most recent wave of heroes, Ant Man and Ant Man and Wasp, and I think I did a couple of some future ones I can't talk about yet. I think you did some on Guardians. Did you do some on Guardians? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and then there's then there's a cutoff, and they got somebody else to do it. But yeah. Uh, okay. But the, those are fun. They they add a little comic flair to the whole thing, so I, we appreciate those. It's just uh, just more villain ones. So. <laughs> uh, you know, you can always commission me to do them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing I'll have to say about the, the graphic design team. Um, you know, Chris and Evan and uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the other folks um, that, that work on the team, they really, when they are passionate about an idea and, they, and, and we can get it pushed through, it usually adds just that little bit of something extra to the game that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Um, and and it and it comes it comes out in really strange ways too because you, know, you know we're we are graphic designers that's what we're there for but um, 
but we have a, a breadth of of ideas and interests that take place outside of the graphic design world and so you end up having like these faces on the cards um, i'll also credit uh, some of the guys on the team with the the descent the descent box that we've shown we've teased about there's some weirdness going on in that that wouldn't have existed if if it had not been for the graphic design team um okay, i gotta pull that up now yeah <laughs> i mean you can't you can't see it it's it's you know it's it's the box itself the way it looks and, and some of the stuff that's going inside there um is because of the but because the graphic design team got passionate about something and pushed so so yeah I just yeah I, I'm 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 proud to to be to be able to to walk in the footsteps of of greatness I think on this team. Nah, Joe, <laughs> come on! You did a bunch of the you did a you did a bunch of the three terrain stuff for that new Descent game, right? Yes. yes I, I mean, come yeah. on! Like every one of us is is like has you know we mul a multitude of talents, right? We've got one guy who's a portraiture artist, you know, in a former life. Uh, he's now one of our InDesign gurus. We've got another person who's all about like cake decoration and and mask designs. You know, Evan's fantastic an illustrator as an illustrator. Um, I've got a flair for some comics, right? It's just I think FFG really shines when it taps into those skill sets that aren't um, immediately defined in our job descriptions. Um, yeah, and I, I believe Marvel Champions really got to um, got to employ some of that, not just from me, but you know, from everyone on the team, right? Like Caleb really wants to storytell, and he got to do some script writing yeah. for the for the comic interludes, right? That's super awesome. Molly, uh, she got to do some of the flavor text uh, on on the ends of the cards here and there, right? Like. Totally, totally bizarre opportunity, but like it works, and it it also helps to make that that experience when you're when you're rifling through your cards and you find that perfect Hawkeye, you know, weapon, or you find Cap Shield, and you know, there's just that little blurb that makes you feel like you're there, um, that it's it's being it's jumping out of the comic pages for you. Um, that's really rewarding when we get to use those small opportunities. Yeah, that shows to uh, when you're playing an FFG game, uh, all those little extra bits and pieces here and there. I know as a as a player, I love seeing all that that extra stuff. Uh, so, do you guys work on other? Obviously, you're doing other FFG products. Is are do you do you like kind of focus in on Marvel, then move on to something else? Or do you have a bunch of irons in the fire at the same time? Curious if uh, you know how how much Marvel takes out of your time and what other stuff that we might see you're working? Uh, it kind of changes from year to year. But as I mentioned before, um, I, I for the longest time, my primary line that I worked on was um, Star Wars Legion uh, from 2016 to like late 2019. Um, and before that, it was, I worked on Arkham, the LCG, the core set. Uh, but also there's there's times in the year when you just, wear a lot of hats and you have to dive into like various other projects just to help other graphic designers get it through the past the finish line because the graphic design department is kind of like the bottleneck in certain ways of our studio in that um we have a board and card department or we have a, a board game department and a card game department and and they're all they're all relying on one graphic design department to beautify the 
the designs and stuff like that um, before the thing goes out the door. So, um, yeah, we get we get some lead time where our our manager will will say, uh, so the, this thing is coming up um, and whether our manager was Chris Hosh at the, at the time or Brian Schomburg at the time, they they tended to know us, you know, as individual designers pretty well and know what our interests are. And, you know, I might have a preference to do sci-fi related things as opposed to fantasy, or I've, I've shown, um, you know, strengths in doing, you know, certain kind of science fiction style frames. Whereas, uh, you know, Joe might have a more illustrative style for, for fantasy stuff. Right. So we tend to, we tend to get those things that kind of fit our stylistic persuasion here or there. Right. Marvel champions happened. Uh, Evan was the first one kind of with an open slot. I was cleaning up on another project and uh, you know, they, they, Chris Hosh, our, our, our manager at the time said, Chris, I know you're into comics. We really need a comic minded guy on this too. You better get in there. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and you know, th- sometimes that flows into the next project. Like the very next thing I worked on was, was X-Men mutant, ins- mutant insurrection, right? Which is another comic need comic related thing, but it had to look and feel different from Marvel champions. Um, and that's always a fun challenge, but we're never, I don't think we're ever really earmarked, you know, into one thing for too long because that tends to, you know, make our designs stale and it tends to, you know, burn us out pretty quick too. And our, our managers are cognizant of that for sure. Nice. Do you guys have a favorite one, a favorite project or something you're extra proud of? Marvel champions. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. I'd have to say Marvel champions too. Really proud that I was able to work on it and and grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would say, I mean, I, I, I get to just be the nature of my job. I get to have my hands in just about everything that anybody else works on at some point or another. Um, And uh, and I have I have likes and dislikes about all of them, but the the way these two set up Marvel Champions has been a lot of fun to work on. Just in general, fun. You know, getting getting the parts out there, letting just they they really push to make sure that every character is really its own feel when you get the cards in your hand, and uh, and, th- and that's that's been a big goal for the line itself, and and so that that filtered down into the way they created the uh, the look and feel of the game, and so we really try to keep that going, and so it's always fun because uh, you know the freelancer we have uh, working on it now, Mercedes Alpheim, uh, she'll she'll do a lot of work getting the characters to feel right when they come back to us uh, and they're in the next set. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff coming that we can't talk about, but cool. All right. So here's something I noticed. I played Lord of the Rings LCG and Arkham Horror LCG. And both of those games have a modular sort of mechanic as well as Marvel does. But in those sets, each modular group has a little graphic icon but Marvel, we just use the name. It might be Under Attack or Goblin Gimmicks or something like that. We didn't get like the little icons for each modular set. Was that something that you guys had input into, or how how come the change in, in styles there? Do you know? You know, I think that's really more of a development thing. Um, uh, Michael Bobs or Caleb would, would be able to answer that. Unless Chris, was there? Were you clued in on something there? Because I don't, I don't really remember the details about that. I know there was a lot of back and forth about, oh, should we have a set icon? We should do a set icon because every game has a set icon, you know, that we send for. No, we shouldn't do a set icon. 
I don't know. Maybe we should. I, you know, it's too difficult. Where are we going to put it? Oh, there's nowhere to put it, right? And then, I mean, I think it it came out of like the the Green Goblin uh, titling that you did, Evan. That was just so punchy and like comic book title rich that we realized that's all you really needed because those card frames too. In each one of these sets, especially when they're associated with um, specific villains, they're colored in a, in, in a very specific way to go with that villain. You can tell them apart from other villains, right? We we, we had an exhaustive uh, series of conversations about, oh, how many color combinations can we really throw together for you know each of these villains? Oh my gosh, how many villains does Marvel have? Too many, but right, like <laughs> there was. There was always, there was always, well, there's that, there's that cover text titling that is done in a, in a very stylized way. And then all the other cards just sort of go with it. And I, I think we realized that that was going to be Marvel champions real identity, right? Is, is just these, these event packs, these villain packs and the heroes that, that challenge them. And that's all they really need. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I, and I think um, outside of the color combos of the villains and heroes and stuff, there is a broad push to really simplify the mechanics. Um, I, I know that there was a revision period where some of the um, uh, some of the resource uh, spending changed a little bit and got more simplified, and I think that that just affected the. I mean, the entire game itself was just kind of. A more approachable, made to be a more approachable LCG. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I, I think the title names are fun too. A mess of things and think, stuff like that. Those are uh, having little icons might have taken away from that. Maybe. You yeah. got to remember, we're, we're a bunch of nerds at this place, right? Like <laughs> most of the company reads comic books, right? And so uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're itching for these opportunities to, 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 you know, really flex into that and, and embrace it. And I think. Marvel was like the perfect storm to to really do that. I had this vision of, you know, three people in a basement and someone coming down saying, okay, we have three more Lord of the Rings sets. We need icons for them. Like, oh, jeez, three more. <laughs> Just cancel right, the so game already. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not far from the, you're not far from the truth on that. No, no, you're not. <laughs> That's awesome. The thing is that in the graphic design department, like each graphic designer has has the thing that they love doing and the things that they hate doing. And quite a few, quite a few members of the graphic design department were like, "Oh God, another icon! Oh, uh, what do we do?" Especially like, like I, okay, I need another one of an eclipse or another one with just the sun. <laughs> right. Well, if, right. I mean, between between Arkham and Lord of the Rings, how many different ways can you do a hooded figure, really? <laughs> <laughs> now we know how a yeah. game dies. <laughs> you know, you know, there's somebody out there. You know, there's somebody out there who is meticulously like clipping out our icons and making like a clip art, you know, library of all of them. Right? Like it's oh, yeah, it's happening. Sure. Some, someone's sure. cataloging all. Of them. <laughs> so we've we've primarily talked about the look of a card so far tonight um but you know the the look of the game is much more than just the card so do you guys what's your role in terms of things like box art token design the rule books um all that campaign logs packs yes um, are you a part of that as well right we do it all the, the answer is oh, yeah. all of it okay great evan 
and I, we were tasked very early on. Um, we were we were given a really odd bit of um, advice, and it wasn't really advice; it was actually caution. So don't make this look too comic booky. Someone said to us, <laughs> and, and and Evan and I, like our eyebrows kind of shot up. Like, how are we supposed to make a comic book game that is not referential to comic books? Like what? Right? <laughs> what? You know, so, so there was there was something I really latched on to, right? Like, oh, I got I gotta make sure we do some we do some zip tone patterning in these comics somehow. Even though even though the same person who told us not to do the, this comic booky stuff, they said don't do the zip tone. And I'm like, no, I'm doing the zip tone. Like <laughs> what what does zip tone mean? The little dot patterns, right, that are often used as a as a texture in comic art. Sometimes it's um it's most recently used uh really prevalently in the um in the house of x storyline where there's you know these dots are you these black dots are used in the shadow to kind of create shade and 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 tone right and it's mm -hmm. it's you know it's it's again one of those things you don't notice it until you're really looking for it and then you're like oh it's all over the place right so if you look at our cards there's you know th there are these dot patterns all over the place right and and that's this zip toning effect. It it, it comes from these semi transparent sheets uh, that were printed on um, basically like tape paper back in the fifties and sixties. That comic artists would have to cut out these little shapes, pick up with their exacto knives, and put onto their comic pages to simulate shade, like gray tone, because printers didn't couldn't do it at oh, in wow. web printers okay. couldn't do it in those times right yeah that's very golden age comic feel right like, yep it, it, it's yeah. definitely got it's definitely got a pulpy vintage comic thing but every every generation every age of comics have incorporated it somehow as part of their design aesthetic and i looked at evan and i'm like evan we got to do dots we got to do zip tone like how are we going to do this <laughs> yeah one of the first places we put it, Evan, Evan put it on on one of the icon on one of the uh, tokens that we did. You know the first player icon, the yeah. word bubble yeah. that you pass around. That was one of the first places we put it, and like the studio uh, leadership really loved it. And we're like, okay, now we know it's going everywhere now. <laughs> I, I've actually been waiting for a time to say that first player token is spot on. It's perfect for this game. I love it. It just has that perfect feel. That's so, Evan. Kudos. That's Evan. I, I mean, in, in other games that have first-person tokens, it's really easy to pull kind of a, a unifying icon or symbol of some sort. But in this one, it's with how do you have a first-player token that can reference any hero at any time, you know? like it. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it, it just became a word bubble with exclamation points, I guess. Yeah, perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, we we do everything. We do we do all the graphic design, right? Like Evan spent a laborious amount of time, you know, fine tuning the way all the paragraph styles would work in the in the rulebook template, packaging, logo. Oh my gosh, logo, Evan! <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Do you guys do like the card backs then? Yup. Yeah, and actually, the card yep. backs were, um, you know, for this game, they were they were kind of a unique thing because. Once again, it's kind of like the first player token, you know, like how do you sum up an entire exhaustive universe of colorful characters on a color card back, you know? Uh, 
So it just became kind of a subtle montage of comic book panels and stuff like that, if I recall correctly. Boy, sometimes yeah. some, there are parts of this game line that are just kind of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the one of the things we you know found out talking with with uh, Deborah and Molly was you know the, the relationship that Marvel has to the work that they do. Um, so are you also do you also sort of answer to what Marvel has in mind for the look of this game? Not as much as the art department, um, okay. I would say, but sometimes indirectly, there'll be like a mandate, like uh, the you know how the Marvel logo is presented and its relation size relationship to the game logo and stuff like that. Um, oh, cool! But okay. it's all pretty cut and dry. But they're not looking. They're not looking at the first player token and like, no, that doesn't work for us. <laughs> No, they're they're super chill. They they as far as I know, they were really chill and easygoing with like a lot of our decisions. Um, that's great. At least that's the trickle down I I heard, you know, from art department and stuff like that. Wonderful. Since you've been talking about templating, I've been peering into some of the cards and I'm looking at the Kang set. And Kang is, you know, the colors are very vivid. They really stand out. I'm noticing that even the templates themselves, there's a little bit more texture in there. Um, what goes through your heads when someone says, hey, we're doing Kang next? How do you, you've already got these templates. How do you start? How do you choose your colors? I think Kang, Kang would have been one of the first ones that we freelanced out. And so that's that's usually the thought process that goes into that is 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 what is the character wear primarily in the in the card set in the art that's picked, and and so uh, starting from those color sets and then really wanting them to di- differentiate from other things that have come before. Because one thing one thing I've noticed uh, that working on this uh, and, and and I'm sure it's something that you know uh, comic book fans just know or or just did, you know it's always there is that heroes are almost always primary colors and villains are almost always secondary colors. And so mm-hmm. how many different times can you make a purple? How many different times can you make a green? You know, so the heroes are always reds and blues and yellows and the villains are always purples and greens um, for the most part. Uh, um, oh my gosh. Differentiating uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel from Spider-Man. Oh, it made me want oh, yeah. like, to claw my face <laughs> off. <laughs> or or Miss Marvel, right? Because Miss Marvel wears Captain Marvel's colors yep. on purpose yeah. in the comics, right? How do you decide? I don't want to talk about that. Well, we, so luckily, <laughs> so Chris and I, we got to establish that cool idea, and then we didn't have to worry about the uh, repercussions because <laughs> we. <laughs> now it's Joe's responsibility. <laughs> yep. For the most part, it's been pretty. You guys, you guys provided a wide range of areas to hit color to, and so so being able to to, to break out from what's there and, and, and make changes has actually been pretty uh, pretty easy. Um, there's there's just been a couple of pushbacks on a couple of them recently, but uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's it, it really starts with like how how the art depicts the the, the character. And then uh, in King's case, you know, pulling up those colors from his costume or or his environments um, so that really, again, it's it's really trying to make the card feel like the character. You had earlier said – I'm going to take us back a second. You had earlier said you were told to like not make it too comic booky, And then we have these really cool organized play cards where the heroes look like comic book covers. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Yeah, you just you hit a sore subject. This is a sore right. subject. Oh. I, I'm going to say I freaking pitched that and organized play stole it from me. And it's no, it's not fair. 
well, organized play is always they're they're they have always been able to um, move freely in like um, creative space that is just barred from us sometimes because we're constrained by uh, the limitations of printing printers and stuff like that when a lot of their things are manufactured by different means and they're not you know held to the same standards that we are so they're able to do some really cool things and we're always jealous <laughs> so they're a different team when they work on this stuff yes they are they are um they they're organized under uh, perfunctorially under uh the marketing department and organized play has just always been sort of their own animal um and they don't they didn't really have to submit themselves to the same review process um, as as Evan and I and Joe, right? Like when Evan, Joe, and I made a thing, um, we critiqued it in our department first. We refined it there. We sent it up to our supervisor. Our supervisor would critique it. We'd he'd send it up to either a review panel or the the. Uh, lead of visual development, Brian Schomburg, and then Brian Schomburg would take it to the CEO, right? So there, there are three different stages of review for each of our components, whereas organized play, they're like, once they once they internally like agreed on it, they just sent it to, to licensing, got approval, and boom, done, right? And like it was often easier because they just had to make something different from what the core game was, right? They got a lot of leeway just because that was their mandate, um, and yeah. So too, they they had they they had uh, fewer restrictions in terms of what they actually had to achieve, you know, at the printer or in the right. know, the factory setting. So they didn't come to you and have you design those cards then. No, no they they would dip into our our source files um, and just take what they need and add new things as they saw fit. Like they may have actually seen like the concept that I initially did for one of the cards and said, "Oh, that's neat, but it's not really in the game. We'll take it." Like who knows, right? Like I'm, I'm not actually saying they did that, but right, right, right. But like that, that absolutely has happened in the past. So they sound like the villains there. So yeah, they're they're a pretty creative bunch over there. They uh uh yeah they they but they get I think I think it really comes down to they they get a little bit more freedom to move um and and they get to have more fun with it. And we, we, we have fun with what we do. Not, that's not to say, that's not to say that. Um, sure, sure. I think sometimes, sometimes though, uh, with, with the constraints that we're given, we're able to come up with some really creative problem solving that I, I think ends up with a better result too. So, because there's something, there's something more substantial, I think about the frames that, that Evan and uh, Chris came up with. Well, yeah, you guys are making the, you know, for the long haul, and this is what they've done is just a little bit here, a little bit there. Do they do like the play mats and the boxes and all that kind of stuff too? Is that all on them, like organized play kind of stuff? Uh, no, we did the uh, play mats as well. Isn't that oh. right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yep. I think there's some later ones. Uh, I don't know what's still available. The, the the first the first couple of generations of play mats, I know we did in the graphics yeah. team. I think there's some later ones that we might not be doing. But um, yeah, so so just to reiterate, when you're talking about graphic design on a game, if you if you hold the box in your hand, everything inside your fingers. If you strip out the copy, which is all the words, and you strip out the painted artwork, everything that's left is probably graphic design. Oh wow! The stuff that's the stuff that's really hard to describe to your grandmother or grandfather uh, 
at Christmas time, <laughs> what you do for a living. Got um, it. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes too, we're asked to make edits to artwork, right? Like we get, we get artwork commissioned yep. and it doesn't come in just right. Uh, the, uh, the Hulk expansion, for example, um, I believe on the, the Hulk hero card, right? The card itself, he's ripping apart a droid, right? That's not on the cover. Someone had to paint that out. That was me. <laughs> I redrew a significant amount of the Hulk's anatomy, right? And I'm like, I, I raised my hand. I can do that. I can do that. I, I draw comics. I can do that. And they're like, okay, Chris, fine. You can do that. Yes. <laughs> so that's like when, when the de developers go and pick a piece from the comics and they give you, and it's Iron Man flying from some issue 45, and he's got all these word bubbles. You guys are cutting out all that word bubbles. You're filling in all the blanks, right? I mean, yep. you know, I, I, I've um, seen those pieces, right? We hunt down. There's people in the community that are oh, like, yeah, yeah. trying to find <laughs> what, what, what comic was this card from? And then there's all this other stuff in those p panels that we don't have in the card. And, you know, you guys do a great job. Well, one of the, one of the like, like popular changes we had to do is, that, like, Marvel Comics, all the comic co companies, they love to do characters popping out of panels, right? We can't use that. So oh, yeah. we'd, we'd have to trim out if it was a really good image of, of Black Panther or Hawkeye or, or, you know, Captain Marvel. We'd trim the character out and then put, like, a new fresh background with, like, color and speed lines behind it just just to give it that look, just to make sure, yep. like it still felt comic booky, but not too comic, book, right? Not too comic booky. That's key. Wow. Yeah. So the more creative they are with their media, the harder that your job is, and the more fun <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So you guys really seem to be the glue in that. Like you've got your work is important for marketing, right? Because you got to put the the oomph in the box. It's gameplay because people have to see the the icons and. Wow, you even like rules comprehension. That's um, that sounds seems like a lot of uh, of weight to bear on your shoulders. You know, does, what? does it, it get to you? It's it's something oh, yeah. we do gladly, right? Like we we take pride in it. Um, it's it's the make or break as to whether or not like you enjoy the game, right? Right. Yeah. So does it does it go to your head though? Does the opposite happen? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think oftentimes things move too quickly for anything to go to our heads. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have time. There's not enough time to think about it before you're off onto the yeah. next thing. Uh, I, I mean, like if if we're being realistic, um, you don't see a graphic designer's name on the box, right? Like we're right. in the credits, yeah. but but it's you know we're we're not we're not we're we're not necessarily front and center, and yet we know when we get that that fresh copy of the game in, and we're reviewing it. Um, you know, we're, we're reviewing a, a production sample from the factory. We're looking at it. You know, Evan and I, we're high-fiving. We're like, this looks sweet. We're going to be, you know, this. we're really proud of this. And I, I think the most rewarding experience for me, and I, I, I think it's probably true for Evan and Joe too, is, you know, the, the day after a game launches, we take a stroll through the, through the game center, our, our local little you know, game store that's attached to the company. You know, we're ordering our coffee and we see some we see some fans playing the game that Evan and I just made. Right. That's that's what it's all about right there. Like, I don't I don't need acknowledgement beyond that. Yeah, it feels really good to see that. You guys do a great job. So yeah. thank, thank you. you. Yeah. 
except for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my pet peeve. Okay. All right. I no, I think you guys do a wonderful job, but I have to ask this question because I, I, I've I've seen other community members ask about this. So on our hero card, I mean these are heroes, and on this podcast we don't really care about the heroes, but I still have to ask. On our hero <laughs> card, the attack stat is red, and the aggression aspect is red, and it, the protection aspect is green, and the defense icon is green, and the justice aspect is yellow, and the thwart icon is blue. <laughs> why? Do, why do they not match? I don't think tell me it was to make Steve angry. Please Why say don't they that. match? This interview it's... is over. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, it sounds uh... like the ultimate villainous move. I thought you'd like it. I'm just curious. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you could field that question to, um, I don't know, uh, FantasyFlightGames.com. They might be able to answer. <laughs> just say it's Caleb's fault. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, blame Caleb. Yeah, he's not here. He can't defend himself. He did it. <laughs> well, so we we were under um, some pretty strict sort of um, guidelines to make sure that our components were easier to see for uh, people with various colorblind um, uh, issues. So. Like I can't, I can't speak to the specific colors that you're referring to, but I do know that we spent an exhaustive amount of time making sure that all of the primary like text and icon elements conformed to all the majority colorblind like combinations you could come up with, and they could still be visible, right? So maybe yellow and green and blue at those times were, you know, the best colors for, for, you know, that visibility consideration. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yellow's on the other side for recover and it's like, ah, oh, just I don't, whatever. It's just one of those things where you, you give a card game to, you know, 10,000 nerds and we're going to find it. So. <laughs> oh, it's, and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that with, with video games and stuff too, you know, and honestly, sometimes, there's so many changes that happen in a, in a game that uh, you just kind of have to pick your battles and be like, well, we've already gone this far with this decision and it's going to require such broad sweeping changes that it's going to slow the whole thing down. And we just got to, you know, let it be. You, you, you go down, ro- go down the road with one less lug nut on the wheel and you still get there. <laughs> still get there. Yeah. No, I, I think you guys did a great job. I just, I had to pick a little. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't even notice until you wrote that question down. <laughs> so sometimes, though, like Evan or Joe or myself or somebody else on our team will spot a mistake that can't, comes through in print, uh, and it'll just yeah. bug us into eternity. Like for yep. me on this on this game, all right. So there's there's a little black box with a field of black dots around it, and there's some white text, and it says hero or something or other, right? And that's that's a simulation of that zip tone pattern I was talking about earlier. Well, I didn't make it correctly for the core set, and all the little white, the little black dots had little white halos around them on the you know on the core set characters. And when I saw it come back in print, I'm like, oh please, oh please, oh please, let me fix this. Really, <laughs> like there's there's plenty of time. I can I can fix it all on the cards. It'll just take me an hour. Blah blah blah. Nope. 
It's already at the factory. It's already getting printed. It'll just have to be a reprint chain. Like, no! it, is, it is super painful. Um, I still think about sometimes laying awake in bed at night about the um, back-of-the-box text for Dungeon Quest. Um, somehow the whole text box got shifted down like a half inch, and probably no one's noticed it. Well, I'll be, I'll be honest. That's why I don't play that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't play that game either. I just, it's too many bad memories. That text box <laughs> being nudged down too far. It, it's funny how some of that stuff just, you know, and, and, you know, I think, I think people, you know, fans will still find it in movies. Like 20 years later, somebody notices a thing that nobody noticed before then. But um, the, the one I always go back to is, is Cosmic Encounters. Uh, there was a spelling <laughs> mistake on the outside of the box for 10 years. Nobody got it. Oh, so okay. That that brings up another point. Like, what what about the ones that are uh, not not mistakes, but oversights because the the game has design has evolved. Like, do you often have to go back and redo things because they've changed the I don't know the the name of a an aspect of the game or? Oh yeah. Um. I mean that that stuff happens a lot. It's just the nature of of game design and playtesting and. Uh, a lot of times there'll be a lot of playtester feedback and something, something's got to change and that can mean maybe um, a few minutes of work for one department and several hours of work for another department. And it's just, it just comes with the territory. How do you keep track of it all? There's a database that our, our producers and our, our, uh, our post-production people maintain basically it's called the reprint change log right it's it's attached yeah. to every it's attached to every project and every time something is noticed by anybody right it, it the request gets put in this log and that that you know that gets pinged the next time the the thing gets reprinted when when uh you know asmine you know wants to push it forward again and if it's a graphic design thing graphic designer fixes it if it's a you know if it's a text thing designer fixes it right um it just it's a it's a constant kind of like uh rolling and evolving sort of document for every project that we do until until we discontinue it Hmm. mike daniel you you guys have any more of these uh work related questions i'm starting to run out i don't know I, I, i guess the last one is kind of a transition which is that we've heard from other people that uh, employees often get roped into doing playtesting. Have you guys done a lot of playtesting for this or other games? Oh, playtesting is great. It's it's almost like a, going on a field trip in school, like a, to a place that you want, like a really <laughs> cool place you want to go to. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I think any opportunity we can, uh, if our schedule allows it, we'll we'll jump in on playtesting. It's absolutely necessary to have to have eyes on. A project and especially eyes from different places even if it's not a game that a graphic designer is specifically working on if if we're play testing something else that um you know that the designer is you know has been cooking on for a while we can we can bring up hey have you thought about this from a from a user interface perspective no no i haven't no, no that's that's a good idea right like as graphic designers we approach things from the visual side you know like I'm awful at math and I'm awful at spelling. Do not ask me to proofread your thing. But I will, <laughs> but I will, t- I will tell you if I, if, if I think it's important that the cost of this, of this component should be moved because you fan the cards like this. Or have you thought about turning, turning this token into a card instead? 
or you know how do you plan on representing this right and and those opportunities you know for us to jump in on that stuff it's so valuable yeah there there's a something to be said about having fresh eyes on the thing um even outside of a playtesting pool that is normally drawn from because um sometimes uh play testers just get used to seeing things a certain way and um you know if if people from the graphic design department or art department can see things um they might have an alternative viewpoint that changes something for the better. Nice. All right, Steve. Uh, I'm going to keep going on this, though, real quick. Do you guys have a favorite FFG game that you guys like to play? Oh, mine Mine was always before I even started. Um, I am a big hidden agenda guy. I, you know, you is against the rest, and you know who it is until the very end. I, that's playing. Battlestar was a big deal for me. I had a lot of play playing that one. I think for me, um, Imperial Assault. I really, really love. We recently finished Jabba's Realm. Ooh, nice. nice. That's a good one. X-Wing, um, my favorite FFG up until like second edition, I was playing two or three games a week with coworkers. Uh, Evan, chiefly among them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes with these like Star Wars soundtrack going on in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds you know. good. Do you make it a, a personal goal to beat the designers? No, they're too good. It's, it's a nice thing. <laughs> it's a nice thing to, to be able to, to uh, I don't know, beat Nate French or something who's just like so so calculating. <laughs> All right, let's roll into some of these what we're calling our villainous questions. I'm going to go. Who is your favorite villain? This is a Marvel villain. Yeah, we can keep it Marvel. Doesn't have to be something that you've released. Just get anything in the universe. Yeah. So I'll go really quickly because I'm. This is purely on aesthetics. But I'm a huge fan of um, Dr. Doom. I just think he looks super cool, and that's the only reason. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. So. Uh, I like Crossbones. He's a badass. Oh, we just reviewed Crossbones. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's yep, good stuff. He's he's a jerk, and he's he's got a chip on his shoulder. And I love it. Plus skulls. Skulls. <laughs> skulls are always a big deal. I, I don't know that I've ever been asked who my favorite villain is, so I'd have to. I uh, give me a second here. Uh, now see, googling no, Marvel. <laughs> googling Marvel villains. <laughs> Who's the biggest villain? No. I'm always. I, I I don't I don't know that he's necessarily my favorite. My uh my, my favorite, but I've always been uh, the one thing that in in the history of Marvel, um, because I I I. I am not as big of a comic book uh, uh, guy as as other people on our team for sure. I mean, I read a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. That was my that was my comic books when I was reading them. But um, I was always impressed with uh, Marvel's desire to really break their own molds. So like things like Galactus, like why is this gigantic thing even you know like this 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 creature this person that is so enormous to eat worlds you know or whatever it's just the 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 thought process that goes into that from the minds you know you know of, of stanley and the other guys in, in marvel that came up with those things is just always impressive to me so yeah yeah galactus uh, go, go big or go home right i mean <laughs> yeah, exactly like, oh my goodness like how you know yeah that, that'll be that'll be a curious one for me when they finally because I, I I can't imagine that they're not going to do it in the in the MCU. That'll be uh, fascinating to me how they're going to pull that off and make it feel as uh, grounded as the as the movies have tried to be. Right. Yeah, that'll be interesting if they if they can bring in something like that. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
let's do the opposite then. Which hero do you? Uh, which hero are you most excited to hear is getting beaten up? <laughs> um, in champions, I think my favorite hero is Iron Man because I really like the fact that he starts off so weak and you have to build him up with like different pieces of armor, and then all of a sudden he's just like flying and sh- with rocket boots and shooting blasters out of his hands and stuff. I just think that's really it's a it's a really fun challenge to just like it's kind of a race against multiple clocks you know like you're trying to prevent the villain from scheming and stuff but you're also trying to get your armor out there and suit it up and ready for battle i love seeing thor getting the tar beaten out of him (laughs) he's just he's he's just such a beefcake right like he he's taking down other gods he lightning and all this and just you know seeing him getting his getting his come up and serve to him is fantastic have you uh have you read the new Thor where he becomes a herald of Galactus? Uh I think that's absolutely silly. <laughs> He's nobody's taking him out in that form, but yeah. Uh, I like seeing him and his uh beautiful hair getting taken down a peg. That's a that's a good answer. That should be fascinating. I uh I, I would like to see what we can do. And this is this is not spoilers, so hopefully uh I can I mean this isn't spoilers because as far as I know we don't have any plans, but I don't know either way. But Deadpool would be fun to see as a hero or a villain or both somehow in the game. I don't I don't know if we can do that or not. So maybe yeah. he takes himself down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here here's a good, here's a fun question for y'all. So what part of your job, if you could have your evil minions do it, would you make them do? Hmm. Rulebook template. <laughs> okay, good, good. Why is that? Why is that? Hate that. It is so it is like the least creative form of of graphic design. It is it is the most tedious, the most finicky. The the designers tend to break it on a regular basis and we have to fix it again. Yeah. Uh rule book templates. <laughs> I, I would actually this is probably the exact opposite of Chris, but um probably like icons. Not because I don't like icons, but no one ever likes the icons I make. <laughs> I, I, I love making, like, I don't know, uh, abstract icons to represent things. And uh, those just never are the ones that are picked by, you know, the higher-ups or by the visual design committee. So it's always a, uh, it's a, it's a tough road to hoe. <laughs> so take, I take it you didn't make the little fist for physical? Nope. That, that seems pretty obvious. So. <laughs> <laughs> For for me in this world, it, it's file transfers. I I would I would love to have a set of minions that I could just tell them I need these files, and they would go away and come back with USB drives full of the things I need. That's a very <laughs> good a silver, point. On a silver platter, on a silver platter, even. Yeah, we're all working remotely, so connecting to the servers we need to connect to are, uh, can be troublesome sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. Those are all good uh, evil minion jobs. It sounds like so. Do you guys have a favorite uh, Marvel movie, TV show, or current comic that you might be watching or reading right now? Evan, Joe. Um, man, I really love this Tom Holland Spider Man. He's great. He is a lot of fun. Um, mine, mine is actually. I was uh, like I said, I'm not as big of a, a, a of a of a comic book geek as my cohorts, but um, Jessica Jones. I hadn't heard of that character before the TV show. And I was impressed. I thought that was a really neat take on everything. Have you read any of those comics? No, I have not, actually. Yeah. They're, they're good. 
I have to pick them up. Gosh, uh, I'm such a comic book nerd. (laughs) I'm 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 looking at my bookshelf, you know, and I'm I'm scattered all over the place. I was a big fan. This is this is dialing it back a little bit. I was a big fan of the first Civil War uh, crossover event, the primary event, not just like not the tangential related you know storylines. Um, I also really like House of X uh, in terms of comics recently. Gosh, I mean, my I got my partner into into comics and into Marvel movies big time, and we just can't get enough of either Thor Ragnarok or Deadpool. So uh, those are our, our movies on, on spin almost all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Thor Ragnarok. That's yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. We just watched that as well. If I had a style that every movie, every Marvel movie should be made in, it'd be like either Thor Ragnarok or, or Captain America winter soldier. Like yes. those are two opposite ends of the spectrum, but like, tick off all the boxes in, in both, you know, ways, right? Yeah. I think I'd agree. I'd agree, yeah. Yeah, that was just on in my house, uh, Ragnarok, yesterday. Nice. Uh, well, I think, what do we have, one left, Daniel? We got one left. Take it away, Steve. Oh, me. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. So, which one of you is the real mastermind villain, and which one is the secret hero? The mastermind villain, I would peg out, Evan. He would be the secret mastermind villain. He's the most unassuming of all of us. Oh yeah, he's 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 always he's always throwing compliments, and he's very like he's very midwestern, unassuming. But you know, he's plotting something. That's very nice of you to say. I love, I, I love you, Evan. That's our mic. So. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> I mean, I think Joe is 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 wholesome enough to be the to be the hero, right? Like, I'm. I'm I wonder if he's hidden role stuff. I'm I'm far more the broody, <laughs> like anti-hero. Uh, if we're really talking about it, so like Joe Joe's going to be the Joe's going to be the hero, right? He's going to be Captain America. He's going to be like Thor when he uh, makes his dad happy. Um, yeah, I think Chris <laughs> okay. is somehow filling both roles, um, and there's time yep. travel involved. Loki. I'm Loki. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that works. Well, fellas, thanks so much for coming on. This is, it's been so great to talk to you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. We so appreciate this opportunity to talk with you, but, you know, these games, totally a team effort, right? Like uh, Michael Boggs and Caleb, Grace, Molly, Deborah. They're super big parts of, of, of this project. Like uh, we're, we, we put the meat on the bones, right? But, you know, we, we do what you see, but there wouldn't be a game without, without those guys. So you just got to know that, you know, we're, we're oh, just absolutely. very thankful, very thankful yeah. to work with such awesome coworkers on a yes. cool project like this. That was really the impetus of putting this together is that, We've already heard from the designers. We've heard from Caleb a lot. It's, it's, we want to hear the rest of the yeah. team and hear what you do yeah. and, and really show everyone, show our listeners. It's been great having you on. Yeah, the more people we talk to, the more we realize, you know, FFG seems like a great place to work and every game seems to be such an incredible team effort that it's just really fun to hear about every aspect of the games we love to play. So thank well, we, you. We appreciate um, you all kind of shining a light on graphic design departments. Um, it's not every day we get to talk about what we do, and it's it's awesome that you provided the uh, 
uh, platform for us to do that. Yeah, thank you very much. No, thank you guys for coming on. This has been great. We're so excited that um, that all three of you wanted to come on the show, and we got to talk to you guys, and you're so open and seem like such a nice bunch of guys. Um, it's a real treat for me, and I know for Mike and Daniel too to, to get that peek oh, yeah. behind the curtain and and just you know be able to talk to talk to you guys. And you're welcome back anytime if you wanna if you got something else you want to talk about, come on on the show. Let us know. So we'll do. Thanks cool. a lot. Thank you. All right, Mike. How do the those listeners find us? Hey, we are Critical Encounters. Hey, have you found a spelling mistake on the Marvel Champions box? We want to know about it. You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. And on Discord, we are known as Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Joe, take us out. Why do you laugh in the face of your own destruction? <laughs>